And good Saturday morning uh, as we turn the corner into the month of February. And uh, we've got some hunters going out, the uh, last day of the East Zone for the youth hunt. By the way, I wanted to mention to those of you listening to us over in Alabama, February 8th, and next week is a special waterfowl hunting day for those youths and also for veteran and active military persons uh, under age 16 is considered a youth, got to be accompanied by a licensed adult. And military veterans, uh, you know, you got to have a copy of your DD-214 or some proof that you had served or are serving in the armed forces, and you get a break to get out there when ducks have kind of calmed down just a little bit. Speaking of ducks, I'm going to talk a lot more about ducks on more outdoors. Uh, we call it the... Flyway Foulmouth Radio. Josh Goins and Jeff Foyles and Ronnie Ducette are going to join us and hope you will too and give us your opinion on how your duck season went and what do you think we need to do to, to get out of this crisis. We are truly in a crisis here in Louisiana and some other states as well. We're also going to talk to our editor Chris Lecoq of Bayou Wild TV. Going to tell you about season four, give you a preview of uh, what you'll be seeing in the coming weeks. Uh, also, we've got a case, uh, and if you look on our webpage, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, we've got a fine of over $100,000 possible. That's, for that takes a lot of work to get a fine like that. <laughs> A lot of dumb work. And possibly a year in a federal prison. We'll tell you our bad boy, the outdoor story. And we get text messages coming in, too. At 870-870, we're asking you if you've got a celebrity, entertainer, someone you'd like to see maybe taken out of their element. You know, take them crawfishing or frogging or uh, something bow fishing or just fishing or hunting. Uh, Who would that like you'd like to see? 870-870. Also, we were talking about the big game tomorrow and what kind of food you'd cook for that. And some folks down at Algiers Point said they cook up some coon sauce piquant with fresh baby coon, not corn, fresh baby coon from the night before, the Bayou Lafouche coon ass. All right. Go Have you for ever it. had coon, uh, raccoon piquant? Well, we had the raccoon. I've eaten raccoon a number of ways, but the best I ever tasted was up at the Boucheret, which the raccoon and rooster stew. Yeah, a rooster. That's kind of a sauce piquant, stew, sauce piquant, you know. Coon so, is good meat. I like it. I don't remember. I mean, that's the only time I ever had it, and I really can't remember it, you know, jumping out as me as something mm. that I, you know, could identify, I guess. I had it at Toledo Bend. It was kind of, I guess it was just kind of roasted, and they had a, a, a mustard sauce that you dipped in. Okay. It was phenomenal. Okay. It really was. Someone's taken Max and uh, Jagger, both eight years old, to the East Zone Waterfowl Hunt in Mowata, where we need Mowata. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna have a blast. Jagger. No I wonder who he's named after, Jagger. <laughs> Someone wants to know, what does it take to change the state culture of catching a limit? This is a good question. This is a thinking question. Are folks who justify catching limits saying they give to neighbors nothing more than ignorant of conservationism? Um, some people do give their fish away. To A lot of people, you know. Some people sell them. And, and that was something that somebody actually said at the John Foles Award Show. One of the speakers was talking about the culture of Louisiana and talking about how this is one of the states where you do get a lot of stuff from your friendly hunter, fisher, neighbor, and that's mm-hmm. just part of the culture. So some people do catch limits just to say they caught limits, I'm sure, but there's also people that give them away. Well, I think I'm missing the best part of it. If that's all you concentrate on, the right. most important thing is a limit, that's for sure. Someone wants to see John Goodman. You know, he's one of my favorite actors. Good I've guy. always liked John Goodman. He is a New Orleans local boy. He was in that show, The Treme. Have you seen that show? I have not. It's on uh, Amazon Prime, I believe. It's all about New Orleans, and it's a, it's a series. Just a great actor. He would be fun to do something. Yeah, like. he was really. Uh, I liked him in uh, Brother Where Art Thou. He played a great. He's played a variety of all parts. kinds. He of fits stuff. a lot of things. Have seen bald eagles in the wild. Never seen a whooping crane in person, but I'd love to. 
want judges to make these fame-seeking bad boys, I have other names for them, but can't say them, pay for their crimes to the nth degree. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't happen very often. No. They don't, they, the judges have a tendency to be very lenient. Now, this guy that you're going to hear about is 18 years old, but he also involved the juvenile, and judges you normally don't like that. Justin the Duck Guy cooks alligator jambalaya for the game. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. And somebody wants to know, do you have any reports on the Wahoo and Yellowfin bite out of Venice? How much longer do you suspect the Wahoo to stay around? So what I know about the yellowfin bite right now is that they are being caught in deep water, pretty far out. They're not necessarily in the lump yet. Mm -hmm. um, this time of year, they kind of transition inward because the bait is moving into that lump area. So they're probably not quite there yet. So if you're looking for yellowfin, put a lot of fuel in your boat because they, they're, they're in the blue water. They're pretty far out, and it can mm -hmm. be a rough ride this time of year. As far as Wahoo, how much longer do you expect them to stay around? I would say probably through March. Mm -hmm. They started a little bit earlier this year, but it's already proven to be a better year than last. So I have caught them in the summer, but it's rare. Yeah, they don't. They 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 migrate this time of year. So I would say you probably have another four to six weeks on that. All right, Martha's going to talk a lot more about offshore fishing uh, for this month and next month. It's probably the two prime months if you get the right weather. Uh, doing more outdoors. That'll be coming up at 7 o'clock. Hope you'll be with us for that. But right now, we take a break. We come back. The forensic fisherman joins us, Captain Mike Gallo. He's got his lab coat on and his, uh, what's that thing they wear, that light on their head, that strap on, what is that thing? Uh, a light on the head. light huh? on the head. <laughs> Mike is up next right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time for our Mike Gallo's Fishing Report, a presentation of CTO, offering you fuel drops wherever and whenever you need it. Tow you in 24-7, jumpstart you if you got an electrical problem. But what you're really getting for $179 for a whole year, peace of mind. It is well worth it knowing that rescue is just one call away. I strongly suggest you become a member. You won't regret it. Call Captain Chris, 504 301 4545 or he'll sign you up online very easy to do just go to cto.com captain mike good morning you ready for february fishing i am ready for february fishing how about you and martha y'all ready for some february fishing it's got to be better than january fishing <laughs> <laughs> well i still got some hunting to get out my system you know we still got a few things to do but uh yeah you know it's uh we got to go get it. In fact, uh, I was looking at some video of a trip you and I. In fact, we ran it this week, uh, you and I and Ryan, fishing in that back canal down in Buras by the river, the back levee canal. Oh. And we were catching that yes, mix of beautiful reds and bad. Boy, that was, what a trip that was. That was great. Yeah, that was that was in, uh, that was was a very good trip, and Ryan was certainly a gracious host. I was. Uh, he's got a nice operation down there. Certainly does, and uh, weather was beautiful. The, you know, everything was just lined up right, and it was about this time of the year too, so people can take that information and maybe put it to good use. So, what's going on in your area? Where, where'd you fish this week, or did the weather keep you in? Well, we did have uh, some challenging weather. We were able to slip out for a couple of trips, and we're still working in the area around the Mistigo, fairly close to the wall. Although I was a bit further south. This week, there was some dirty water uh, closer to the wall. But we found some clean water and still using the slip corks and live bait and catching everything from speckled trout to freshwater catfish, a few sheephead, some bass. What we haven't caught is redfish. It was interesting to hear um, Daryl Carper say that they saw lots of redfish, but they wouldn't bite. But we experienced the same thing on 
one of our trips. Saw quite a few, but they were not interested with anything. Hmm. Any ideas on why, why, what's behind that? <laughs> I was afraid you were going to ask that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know you'd have an answer. <laughs> yeah, I do have a theory on everything, I guess. Um, I've shared with people before that in the in the, this time of year, the water's really, really clean, and you have so much less grass in the water. I think, one, he can see you from a further distance away, and the grass doesn't impede the sound you make. So I think he knows you're there from a greater distance. And um, what I've done in those instances, if you do see quite a few of them, just let your boat kind of drift up against the shoreline, maybe power pole down, and sit for 15 or 20 minutes, and they'll kind of get used to you being there or forget that you're there, and you may pick up a few that way. Mike, um, you know, this kind of a day, .2 average tide range, Give if somebody's going out today or before the game tomorrow, they want to get a little trip in, give them some spots, we call them choke points, where you're likely to find some moving water, despite the fact that there's very little tide, because it's going to be tough to find some moving water. Right, you're exactly correct. Uh, an area where water's going past a point, it'll gain some speed, or areas where the bayou narrows down or chokes down, like you say, and it'll pick up some speed, and Often that's your best areas where, um, you know, the fish are going to ambush bait. And literally you're doing the same thing, trying to ambush the fish themselves. Um, Not a difficult thing to find, although it may be difficult to find which ones are holding fish and are those fish up current from the point or down current from the point. The good thing is once you sort of crack the code, Hopefully you have a pretty good knowledge of the area you're fishing and you can duplicate that same scenario in other areas and put together a good box. Mike, earlier uh, Robbie was talking about water temperature with the trout, saying that it's pretty mild where he is at 58 degrees. But what's your theory on water temperature at depth? Do you think it's significantly colder when he's catching them, you know, off the bottom, talking about trout? I would imagine no more than 15 or 20 percent colder or warmer, depending on the conditions leading up to the day you fished. You know, if you had, like we were just talking of, a a relatively small tide, you wouldn't imagine that water turned over very much because it's not moving very much. So I would think in that scenario, it's fairly consistent in its temperature. Maybe 55, excuse me, maybe 58 on the surface and 60 on the bottom, or 58 on the surface and 56 on the bottom. Not a very big difference. That's why when your water temperatures get closer to 52 and 53, then you can have issues because down on the bottom it may be below 50. And I just have never had very good luck at all catching speckled trout in water temperatures below 50. Got it. Mike, uh, before you go, tell us how people can get in touch with you if they want to get a trip or maybe you check out the availability at the Spots and Dots Lakehouse Lodge. Very simple. You can Google Captain Mike Gallo is what I hear a lot of people say. They, that's how they came across me. Obviously, you can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. My website is AAofLA.com. Or you can give me a call at 985-781-7811.
Very good, Mike. We shall see you soon, my friend. All righty, Don. Y'all have a good day. Good hearing from you, Martha. You too, Mike. All right. We come back after this. Uh, it's time for our paddlers report with Captain Eric Wilhabarak. Y'all had a anniversary. Yeah, uh, a year ago today. A year we ago today, y'all them. smashed some redfish. Maybe that's a good sign. We'll be back if you like to paddle after your fish or pedal for your fish. We'll be back to do it right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. The Paddler slash Peddlers Report brought to you by Massey's. We are talking to Eric Muhabarak this morning. Good morning, Eric. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning, Martha and Don? Y'all good? Aside from these allergies that are just wreaking havoc on my head, I'm doing great. I'm fired up. I'm leaving for Kansas tomorrow. Go uh, shoot some pheasants. So you couldn't you couldn't get me mad no matter what you do. <laughs> you out of here. <laughs> I hear you. Yes, sir. Oh man. So what's new? Um, Massey's has a couple new things going on. Yeah, well, uh, you know, you familiar with the uh, the passport that that boat? Remember that <laughs> tiny little boat? Yes, yes. <laughs> it, that was me. Here's yeah. proof that this is a, uh, a stable boat. This Hobie passport. Uh, we were out at a demo day a few weeks back, and Eric went out to demo it, and it was it was just like that SNL fat guy in a little jacket, <laughs> fat guy in a little coat, fat guy in a little boat. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, tell so folks it's about that boat. Price too. What's yeah. up? It's a I very said, affordable a price. It's it. something. Yeah, it's a, it's a very affordable price at you know thirteen ninety nine, uh, and plus it's a lightweight boat too. You know, so that's an alternative. Maybe you know a smaller person or, or ladies could could look at it as an option. You know, instead of some of the bigger boats because they're worried about the weight on the boat. You know, if some if you have to car top it or something like that, it makes it easier storage also. But uh, it, it's 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 the it's the beginners of, of, of the the beginning boat of the Hobie line. You know, so um, it's a pretty good boat. It's also good for most, uh, ki- a kid, too. You know, that's a good good boat for a kid, you know. So, it only weighs but, probably uh, 50-something pounds. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. I think it does weigh 50-something pounds to be exact. Uh, I think it is. I know it's it's under 60 for sure. I can't remember the exact numbers, but, you know. It's a neat little, little boat, though, you know, for either fishing or, uh, you know, just, just getting out there. Yeah, you know, if you're not ready to dive into the Outback boat. or the Passport, it's a great boat to start with. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But uh, other than that, they had the, municipal, uh, the Minimalist Challenge uh, last week, and uh, a guy who, uh, Dean Turner is his name, and he uh, took first place. He started fishing, uh, I think, about eight months ago out of a kayak. Don't Don't quote me on that, but I believe that's what it is. He had told me. Um, and he took first place, and that was uh, ten redfish. I mean, uh, ten trout and two redfish. And that that minimalist challenge is where they give you five baits. And the one that right. worked best for him was the Berkeley Power Bait Swimmer. Uh, he had it on a, a small jig head, and uh, he he he, got, he caught his trout first, and he got his redfish. Then he went back and, and upgraded his trout. So he did an excellent job on uh you know for his for his first win in the tournament. Congratulations to him on that. That's uh, pretty awesome. He did well. Yeah, that's what's neat you about know? the minimalist challenge is you don't have to catch something on all the baits. You just have to find one that works for you. And that might right, be an answer exactly. to this text message we just got in asking, what's the best plastic bait for redfish? Someone is going kayak fishing out of Hopedale this all morning. All right, the so, Berkeley Power Bait Pro Power Swimmer. The power I'll tell you, I like either just a regular swimmer. Yeah. 
Okay. Either just a regular jig with a soft plastic, because this time of year sometimes you can just do that dead stick and leave it sit. But otherwise, I would go with a spinnerbait with a jig and, and a soft plastic, because you can cover a lot of ground. Eric, what would be your best plastic yeah. all-around bait for redfish from a kayak? Well, best plastic, I would say something with a chartreuse shell, black and chartreuse, purple and chartreuse. Um, I found there this week when when I had trips that we even had bait. We were using bait also, and uh. They, they they still I can't here we go you ready the spoon get your yep. gold yeah. spoon a Johnson mm-hmm. gold spoon and you cannot go wrong with that it Old it just trusty. works and Martha what's so, your uh, favorite redfish bait I like the Berkeley gulp yeah pretty gives simple. you the combination the almost yeah, yeah. live I got some scent in there yeah Eric got me onto that yeah, bait, that's actually mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. Last what year, you posted on uh, Facebook that we had that we went down to Myrtle Grove about a year ago, and I think we were using all gulps and spoons that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was done. we actually just used gulps that day. Um, yeah, popping pork. That was a, trip, that day was crazy. That was the day all those mm-hmm. uh, leopard gar were popping up everywhere. Yeah, they were all uh, the, the the spotted gar was flipping up and everything. Yeah. And, but uh, they they wouldn't they didn't eat. Um, they I, no. I think only hooked one. And then uh, you, I think you you actually smoked me that day, wasn't it? Like eight to two. <laughs> I think I did, but I think in most trips yeah. past, you look, don't hey, I, I know I, I share your pain, Eric. I've been smoked by her before, and it ain't fun. She reminds you constantly, <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, no, she's been pretty good. Uh, not so yeah, much. Yeah. But uh. Anyway, you know, Actually, I think doing, one of my favorite uh, redfish baits is the Mardi Gras Mad Martha. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have none of them in my box, but I know I'll somebody some. that might be able to get me some. There you they're go. actually a good bait cool. for this time of year because they're crawfish. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're creature baits, but they, yeah, know, they cross over. Creature bait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the crawfish. Yeah, they'll work. I like Eric, them. understand you yeah. had a good report from Preen Lake for our listeners over in the yeah. uh, Calcasieu area. Yeah, uh, actually, I got a call the other day notifying me about they catching some some trout and reds along the ship channel and also on the islands. And uh, speaking of plastics, from what I understand, that's the way they've been working it along the ship channel with the plastics. I didn't get an exact color. But around the islands also, uh, the suspended baits, mirrodines, uh, they've been doing very well with that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if they're catching limits, but uh, they, they, they were catching some really nice fish, you know, you know, 20 inches, 17 inches, you know, as far as trout go. And, you know, reds are the reds. Uh, but but you know that's a good report out there because uh, from my understanding it's been uh, kind of tough out there within that in that lake recently. But it comes around this time of year, I believe. Every year it's like that, you know. But um, that, that's that's a pretty good report for those guys out there. They don't have to drive as far to get somewhere to fish, you know. Um, well, I don't I don't know but, about uh, you, Eric. Like cause I know you uh, you usually keep your kayaks, but I did want to throw out there that the Hobie team gets their 2020 boats next month in March. So what that means yeah. is my boat will be going back to Massey's and will be at a heavily discounted price. So if anyone's in the market for a Hobie, it's it's not a bad idea to start poking around, seeing uh, if any used boats are coming in. It's a good time to jump on. Well, let me yeah. tell you, when Martha gets finished with a boat, there ain't much left. She she <laughs> took everything it had on. No, I'm kidding. She takes really good yeah. care of her stuff. She really does. Be a she, good buy for somebody. She does. She does. Oh. Yeah, that's uh, something to look into. I know that you have to go in and put your name on a list, and that's about right. all I know about that. And then they call up, they go down the list, first come, first serve, of course. Yeah, so but that is, that is a, a great idea. A good idea. Uh, yeah. yeah, so well, you got you about know, a month. So. And I got a mud boat uh, from Boat Stuff. Uh, uh, 
gator tail that'll be for sale. Yeah, now that the duck season's over, uh-huh. they should, they'll probably have it at the boat show or ask them about it. You know, get the uh, the Don Dubuque used model. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. it's been field tested and proven. Eric, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and do a kayak charter, there's not many guys who do what you do. Tell them how to get you. Yeah, well, they can get in touch with me through your, your website, the Don Dubuque, the Outdoors Guy. Um, you can also uh, look up, look me up on Facebook and Instagram, the Louisiana Kayak Company. Or the easiest way is just uh, call me, 504-313-8292. Eric, how are you liking that? Uh, hope the uh, Pro Angler 360? How's that 360 drive working for you? Wow, you know, um, I'm glad you asked me about that. I've got about 100 hours into it now, wow. and it's really performing really well. You know what I'm saying? 100, I mean, I've been on kayaks longer than yeah. that, but the, the boat is actually has some neat tricks. The more I'm in it, the more I learn about it. You know, it, it's just phenomenal. You can do a 360 with the boat. You can turn in the little yeah. trenosses, leave off the bank. It, it's, it's pretty nice, you know. Good. Good. We'll get you in it next time you're around. Sounds good. Eric, thank you for the report, my friend. Hope you catch a bunch, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. You guys be good and be safe, and don't eat too much tomorrow. <laughs> hey, give me a call. We need to schedule another kayaking trip. Yeah, yeah she I'm needs ready. somebody ready to smoke. Sure. She needs to smoke somebody. I need to shake the dust off. <laughs> All right, we'll be back right after this with uh, one of the baddest of the bad boys we've ever had on this show. We'll tell you his time uh, that he may have to do for the crime. Back with that right after this. I see somebody texted on there that the uh, even a subsequent uh, third offense for uh, taking a whooping crane is $7,500. That's I'm not nothing. sure about that. Uh, it may be 75000 But uh, when you've got an animal that is valued, the one that was the last one that was tried in Louisiana was valued at over $93,000. Now, there was a man in South Dakota who got a an $85,000 thousand dollar fine for two of them uh i think even though the maximum fine may be set although i saw where the international crane foundation requested this louisiana case get a fifteen thousand dollar fine so I, I don't know about that being accurate but what you can do is the civil restitution right. is more than the fine and if you got a ninety three thousand dollar bird the civil restitution could certainly match that anyway the the biggest can you believe this the, the, the stiffest penalty ever given for a louisiana whooping crane perpetrator was five hundred dollars and forty five days that's in jail. Deplorable. That's incredible. All right, we got a bad boy story you may not believe coming back right after we pause ten seconds to let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents have arrested and charged a home er Louisiana, not home a man who appears to have been the leader of a one-man wildlife wrecking crew in the person of 18-year-old Daniel Smith for violating the Bald Eagle and Golden Eagle Protection Act, illegally taking a hawk, taking deer during closed season from a moving vehicle during illegal hours, discharging a firearm from a public road, intentional concealment of wildlife, hunting turkeys during a closed season, criminal mischief, and hunting from a public road. Arrested and charged with some of the same violations were Jacob E. Lee, 19, of Bernice, and 19-year-old Jared Lee, I'm assume they're twins, also of Bernice, and a juvenile, all of from Homer, the Louisiana, North Louisiana town, not the South Louisiana. Our story began with two anonymous tips from different sources, a lot of our cases do, that Smith had shot and killed a bald eagle in Claiborne Parish, which he originally denied. Agents were able to secure a warrant for Smith's truck and phone, thanks to the judge for issuing that. And incredibly, as if it were karma, 
They found a oh, excuse me bald eagle feather in, in Smith's truck on December the 13th. You're going to be okay there, Don? I think so. <laughs> <clears throat> Here, Here I'll it take up it. right there. All right, on December 14th of 2019, Smith admitted to agents that he shot and killed the bald eagle nearly three years ago in February 2017 off of Colquitt Road with a .223 rifle. Agents found photos and videos, you know, those criminals like to brag, of Smith participating in several illegal activities, some with Jacob Lee, Jared Lee, and the juvenile. But how crazy that a feather, just one feather found in his truck, three years years later, was ID'd and picked up as a bald eagle. I mean, that's just, that's impressive. So, he was given, with the help of a single feather, facing maximum criminal fines of $6,150, coupled with $9,225 in civil restitution for the replacement value of the illegally taken eagle, three deer, and another $1,624 restitution for the fourth deer of a whopping $100,000 fine for the bald eagle, making a possible total of $116,999 in fines and one year in federal prison for 18-year-old Daniel Smith of Homer, Louisiana. Goodness. I hope he has a good job. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be a top <clears throat> contender in the uh, bad, bad boy, boy of the, the year. year. No doubt. Choke me up, it was so bad. All Yikes. right, we come back after this. Ryan Lambert joins us, the plastic man. Get a fishing report from Plaquemines Parish. Well, we just lost the plastic man. Until we get him back, Martha, let's check out some of the okay. text messages. I have to read this here. one because it made me laugh, and I just got the best visual. <laughs> we were asking folks who they wanted to see of celebrity status come on Bayou Wild, and somebody wrote Ellen DeGeneres, but they said hooked up on an amberjack. Oh, anyone priceless. who's ever caught priceless. an amberjack knows how much they tug. I just think that would be hysterical. I wonder if we could solicit her to do we that. Can try. We she's can try. A, you know, she's a local girl. Yeah, that's yeah, true. You know, All right, we're going to get on that okay. for sure. Um, Al from Lafayette's up there in the Piney Woods to look for quail and point and flush only on Woodcock because the Woodcock season mm-hmm. closed yesterday. And uh, They used to see me at the Cajun Bacos banquets. There you uh, go. Well, I don't go to those anymore because uh, it's part of the Rough Grouse Society, and it's a long, long story, but they just did not treat the people here in Louisiana right, and uh, I just decided it wasn't for me. Someone Maybe says, change. take Trump fishing. He will make fishing for specks great again. Great again, yeah. Well, they're catching uh, specks in Myrtle Grove canals, and that's from Frankie D. And if you from comes from Frankie D., you take it to the bank. Hey, I've been down there. Yeah. I love fishing Myrtle Grove. It's a great little spot. Well, Ryan Lambert might know a little bit about it, and I think we finally got him. Ryan, you back with us? Yep, I'm back with you, buddy. <laughs> okay. They got any redfish hey, or specks in the Myrtle Grove canals? Yeah, actually, they are catching some in there. You know, it's you know usually this time of year they catch them in there. You know the the river's pushing everything that way right now. I mean it's sixteen eight. That's two inches under flood stage. Mm. So uh, yeah, everything's pushed that way, and they got a lot on the outside right there too. There's still fish. So you know we're having to run to the west to catch the trout a little bit, but whatever it takes, you know it doesn't matter. Ryan, have you seen a lot of stuff in the river, as in? You know, this time of year it gets pretty yeah. treacherous. I mean, is it getting bad already? Oh, it's it's been bad. It's been bad since before the duck season ended. Yeah, that's you know, anytime it gets it's on the rise and it's this high, you got trees everywhere, stumps everywhere. You got to be very, very careful. There's ducks everywhere too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're all going nanny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of good yeah, that they, does us now. 
Yeah, they was here, but you know they was offshore. But now there's no pressure. They they come come rolling in. So now it's time to fish. I've been working on duck boats and and fixing things up, rewiring stuff, We're getting everything I ready. I know you said uh, so. you said your fly fishing trips have been struggling with the weather, but are you the only guide, or do you have other guides down there at uh, there that uh, do fly fishing? Oh, there's there's a few of us. Uh, I've got a few extras that I use, but uh, Ross Lucette and myself do most of the fly fishing. Um, it's uh, you know, I like to do it still. In fact, I'm going to do it today. As soon as these clouds clear up, I'm going to get after. There's still some really really clear water, even with the river this high. You know, I got some water crystal clear that I can get to them. And, this afternoon, You yeah. know, the fish will push this way, so it, it works out. Most of the boys are fishing on the east side because that's what they like with their shrimp, but I like to see them when I catch them, as you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Ryan, you know, we yeah. re-ran that uh, piece, that, that trip. In fact, I was talking to Mike Gallo earlier about it. When you and I and Mike went in that uh, back levee canal there and pulled out some beautiful redfish and bass. You know, it was one cast of bass, the next cast of redfish, and it was about this time of the year. Uh, is, is that doable right now, you think? Yeah, it's doable, but we're, we're fishing like that right now. On that side, if people want to fish uh, baits instead of shrimp, but we have to go a little bit further out in some other canals. That canal right there is dirty right now. But, you know, it's it just depends on which way the wind blows, really. But 17, that's 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 a lot of water coming through here already. And it's, what, 31st today or the first? That's first. crazy. First, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. yeah, that's incredible for the river to be at flood stage already. But uh, Do you worry about the spillway being open again this year? Do you think it'll happen? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't worry about it, but, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather worry about that, you know, surviving than the spillway open. I mean, mean, it's been eight years now the river's been high like this. Yeah, Yeah. I I got something proposed for the 23 master plan that'll help that out in a Right now, they're digging on my project on the east side right now. That one we do with Ducks Unlimited, they're they doing that one right now. i got drag lines and, and all kind of backhoes over there. Marsh Buggy's working on it. You know, every time we do something and put it through there, it's going to take some pressure off of that river. I mean, you got to we gotta do something north, though. I'm planning on something north of uh, Bonnie Carey to take some pressure off the river before it gets to Bonnie Carey. You know, the thing, the Bonnie Carey just opens to protect New Orleans. And, uh, you know, we just can't have these high, high rivers for months and months at a time. You know, something bad is going to happen, unfortunately, and I, I hope it's not on us. Yeah. I see a raccoon yeah. in a tree so big right now, he looks like a, a wolverine <laughs> or something up in that tree. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, look, we're looking forward to that. Uh, we're going to call this the, the mother of all rabbit hunts that's coming up, man. Grant described this thing. we got championship oh dogs God. coming. we got physicians coming down in case anybody gets sick. It's going to be wonderful. We can't wait for that. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, yeah, no pressure. I just want the rabbits to be there. I don't care about anything else. <laughs> yeah. You know, if the rabbits are there, we'll have fun. I got I'm going up to Alabama to fish some crapolets in uh at the end of this month. Yeah. What well, part of Alabama you had it? Uh I'm gonna go in the Alabama River system. They got all those lakes up there. So I'm going up there and uh they got a guy up there that's got some new technology that I wanna learn, so I'm gonna go fish a mm-hmm. few days with him and, and that, you know, it sounds like a good excuse to catch some soccer to me, huh? 
Yeah, well, you know, it's good that you get a chance to go fish. You know, you work so hard, you don't get to yeah. fish very much. Yeah, I work know? so hard. It's or hunt either. Or hunt either. Bit, Same thing. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm a All right, my friend. Right. I sense a twinge of sarcasm. <laughs> oh, big twinge. All right, Ryan. CajunFishingAdventures.com. Boy, you got a great website. Whoever's doing your stuff is doing it good. Yeah, kudos to your social media. I've they definitely call seen me, an uptick They don't call the harem girls my my uh, daughters anymore either. They straighten that out. So I know. I had to get on them about that time. I just, put a, I just put one of the girls in the harem or, or the whole harem or something. I, I keep them out of your daughters, and, you know. Very good. Very good. All right, guys. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll see you day. next time. Right. All right. All right Get ready, Alabama. He's coming at you. Ryan I'm not Lambert. sure if they're ready for him. He'll clean him out. He's a one-man fish uh, monger. All right, we'll be right back after this. I don't know if we got Chris or not. If not, we got plenty of text messages to share with you and tell you about a special guest host on this week's Bayou Wild TV. And also, uh, surprise, surprise, who you think the Grand Marshals are for the crew of Bilge Parade coming up. Stick around. You'll find out right after this. Well, exactly one week from today, those of you who will be attending the Crew of Bilge Boat Parade in Eden Isles and Slidell, you're going to get to see a couple of the Grand Marshals, myself and Martha. We'll be uh, throwing fishing baits. I've got two solid boxes full of deadly dudleys, so we'll be the ones on the front. I think we're going to be the captain, the skipper, and Martha, and no, no who is the, the skipper and Ginger and Marianne. We haven't go. decided who's Ginger and Marianne, but <laughs> we're pretty sure who the skipper is. You and Janice can work that out. Anyway, look for us at the Crew of Bilge on the Grand Marshal boat next week. Also, we got a special guest host of Bayou Wild, Sarah Giles, who you've heard on this radio show. Seen her on Bayou Wild. She will be co-hosting with you That's at right. Morton's. So. She's going to be cooking up a recipe for Bayou Wild as well. So stop by Morton's Seafood Restaurant in Madisonville. about 1 o'clock on Monday. And have lunch and chat with them. Right now, we're going to chat with Chris LeCock, our Bayou Wild TV editor, who's going to give us a little sneak preview on Season 4. Chris, uh... Thanks for taking the time, and we're going to get you back on a little bit later on when you got more time. But if you could, give the listeners who are on this show that we can uh, give them a little bit of a preview of what they're going to see in Season 4. Hey, good morning, everybody. Yeah, we've been uh, compiling videos for the last couple months for Bayou Wild Season 4, and we're going to go from hunting with a Major League Baseball MVP to donating that meat to a worthy cause, a charity, to hunting in South Dakota, pheasant hunting, to a pretty unique story about taxidermy, not your traditional taxidermy you think of. Uh, We're going to be covering some reef building with CCA. We're going to be, of course, back with Chef John Fulce. We've got stories about some old hunting camps in the Slidell uh, North Shore area. There's a lot of a lot of different things. We got a, a lot of unique, different stories. We try to look at the outdoors from a different angle every day. Um, you know, sometimes we do the same, same old tips, tricks, which you need to know. But what we also like to do is tell you those off the cuff stories, and I think we have several of those coming to you this year, uh, season four, starting next week. Well, you know, Chris, one of the more popular features is the cooking. What are some of the cooking features that we haven't shown yet that will be on? Well, just this coming week, this first first premiere episode of season four, Martha and Chef Don Foles will be cooking deer heart, venison heart. So if you've uh, probably killed a lot of deer in your day and if you've never kept the heart to cook it, you might want to tune into this episode and check out this deer heart recipe because it is incredible. And I'll, you know, like you say, it's it's like filet mignon. Whenever you cook it, you don't know the difference. Uh, so we yep. have that. We've got... Um, 
several more other venison recipes that we've done with both Chef John Fulce and also uh, Chef Ryan Andre. And I made one of his recipes last this, recipe. this week, actually. One of the venison ones from Chef Ryan Andre. All right, yeah, well, we'll so, catch up with you a little bit later on, Chris, and we'll talk in more detail about some of these features that are coming up and about some of the great uh, times you had with the camera work that's done with those drones. It's some really gorgeous stuff, uh, particularly the Alaska and the South Dakota trips and uh, some of the even ones here that we fly over the marshes and bayous that you can't see from on the ground or the water level, but you get a whole perspective when you're up at a bird's eye view. We'll talk to you then, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, sure. And coming up on more outdoors, uh, we're going to talk about uh, ducks in Louisiana. Hope you'll join us.